to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and today I have another special guest with me. She is the owner of Charlene's Restaurant here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And today I'm sitting with Miss Charlene Davis. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I'm glad we finally were able to figure out a way to work our schedules together so we can finally sit down and talk. Um, first thing I want to know is how did you actually start out this restaurant? Well, I started out years before. Well, I started this one six years ago. Mm-hmm. Before that, and I had two other restaurants, but they weren't from God. So this one is from God. And I came into this business um, five and a half years ago, me and my husband. My husband came home one day and said, um, what you doing? I said, you're ready to start a restaurant. So start a restaurant. He said, I'm going to start a restaurant. Mm-hmm. We ain't got no money. I said, I don't have any money, but I have God and I have faith. So we walked in these doors for $325, and that's how we started. I've always loved to cook. I started cooking at the age of eight years old with my grandmamas, and I've been doing it ever since. I noticed I read the article um, from Herald Journal where you're saying your grandma Bessie started you out cooking. Yeah. And uh, she said she made you cook and you had to memorize everything. How, how tough was that? It's real hard because most people can't remember one recipe to the next. Mm-hmm. With her, if you didn't remember that recipe, you couldn't keep that recipe. So you had to do it. She was a maid in the white people's kitchen for years. So we was taught how to do it all. My brothers are all of us. You had to learn how to cook. She said, you don't depend on anybody else. You depend on yourself. Mm-hmm. So for you, you probably know when you eat something now, you probably can tell if it's made from scratch or from bottom. No. That's mm-hmm. why I know my cooking is a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. I don't have a sense of taste and I don't have a sense of smell. Wow. That's 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 amazing. Yes. Um. So that was, so your grandma, Bessie, she was the one that made you actually just want to do cooking because it was so many different avenues you could have chosen, different business you could have went to, but just being with her made you want to do the restaurant? Well, not just that grandma. I had two grandmas that cooked and my mom. So okay. they were the ones who, um, when I first started, I, I wanted to be a, um, a hairdresser or a school teacher. Mm-hmm. And I totally went from A to Z and chose food. Okay. Was there a was there a special dish growing up that, that, that stuck with you um, coming in, going along? Um, her cabbage. Cabbage. Yes. The way she made her cabbage, it was always awesome. And you just knew how, you had to know just the right thing to put in at the right time. Growing up, besides your grandmother, did you have any other mentors? Um, well, kind of, sort of. It wasn't always the food business, but mm-hmm. uh, just about everybody in the family can cook. Even with my kids and stuff, everybody got something to bring to the table. So with that, you learn from each other. And that was a good thing. One grandma taught me how to cook real food. One grandma taught me how to do canning and all that. So you got a lot of different stuff to come together with me cooking. You talked about, you mentioned your other restaurants at first. Were they, were you in business with other people or did you just start them by yourself and then they wouldn't? First two, um, I had some investors, but all they wanted to do was invest. They didn't want to put forth the effort to help get it where it needed to be. And it just wasn't meant to be at the time. Mm-hmm. So after the first two, I went back home and I started cooking out of my house for two years. And then I was sitting in the kitchen one day and God said, it's time to move. I said, I know you're not talking to me. I don't have any money. So I didn't ask you that. He said, I said it was time to move. Mm-hmm. You have faith in me, you'll move. So I said, okay, God, I got faith in you. I'm willing to walk out on faith. And that's what I did. I walked out on faith. 
and 325. So, so you weren't afraid at all. You just knew once you heard that voice from God that it was. God it was had. You still have mm-hmm. I mean, the first year that we were here, oh, it was rough. When I walked in them doors, everybody said, "You ain't gonna be here two months." I've been here five and a half years. That's amazing. And my lights ain't been cut off or nothing. It's been months that we couldn't even pay the bills. But I always say, God, I can't do it. So what you gonna do? You brought me here. You said you would never leave me. So what you gonna do? The bills are paid. That's amazing. And then that's amazing because one of the books that I just finished reading, I'm kind of mentioned my last interview by Lavelle Moulton. And he was saying that the worst times are the best times. And he was saying that he gave an example saying that in school they teach us science says show me and I'll believe you, but faith is saying believe and I'll show you. So that, that's amazing to see how just having that faith will just bring you a long way because it's like sometimes a lot of people may feel like they say they'll have faith, but they still don't step out on, on what they're truly passionate about. That's true. So so how do you what do you do, what would you advise those people to do, even though they, they may say it? Well, how would you advise them to just step out? Do you just if you don't believe and trust in God and truly believe and trust in God from your heart, just saying it ain't gonna do it. You gotta pray, and that's mm-hmm. that's an everyday prayer, not just one time a day. That's all day long. You pray, and long as you pray and God see what you need from your heart, He supplies for you. I remember when when I first came in and I was telling you about what I was doing. And you asked me what I was doing as well, working my two jobs and trying to squeeze in these interviews in between time. And you would tell me the same thing other people would say, you know, for some at some point in time, you're going to have to give up something to really get what you truly want. What was that for you that you had to give up that they, they propelled you to get to the, um, this restaurant? I was actually working three jobs because um, me and my husband both were workaholics. And because I love what I do. I said, okay, God, if you want me to step out on faith, I can. So it was easy to let everything go because it was something that I wanted to do and I truly wanted to do it from my heart. I cook from my heart. I don't cook from the box of pants. It's from my heart. Mm-hmm. That's the way I was taught. What's your, like, your daily routine of how, how you do things? Because I know you have to be so hands-on with everything. What's kind of like your daily routine of how you get your day going? We have... Um, we have three different ladies that come in three different days and do prep. So I don't have to worry about doing prep. Well, I have some prep that I do, but the biggest prep they do. Then um, my husband now, he's in here more full speed than normal. So he helps. We, he does some of the shopping. I do some of the shopping. And depending on what we do, because everything we do is fresh vegetables, fresh meat. We don't do canned meats and stuff. Vegetables. It's made up. I have my hamburger patties. Hamburger steaks, all that stuff is made up fresh. We pick uh, collard greens, yams. We do all that fresh in. So it takes a little bit longer with some stuff, and it costs a little bit more because we spend a little more. Mm-hmm. And and I believe that's something that's important too because a lot of people, you know, want something fresh. We don't want something that you can kind of have that taste, but you doing it that way. I, I love it as well. But how do you? I know being so hands on with your business. How do you try to break away, and what do you do in your spare time to kind of like relax? I don't have a spare time. No spare time. Yeah. Um. Monday, we left Monday night and came back last night. That's the first vacation we've had in six and a half, I mean, five and a half years. Wow. My vacation time or break time is in this restaurant 24-7. Mm-hmm. I'm in here at least 16 hours of the day. And the two days that we're closed, I'm on the road buying the supplies and stuff that we need. I don't have, I only have one delivery man and that's 
our fresh meats that come in. Everything else, we go pick ourselves and do our own stuff. That way we get what we want, the quality that we want. Is that, is that kind of, I don't want to say stressful because I know you love what you're doing, but is that kind of hard um, just 24-7, just being strictly in business and not having, may not have all the time you want for family? Is that kind No, of because this is a family-oriented business. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, everybody chips in to a certain extent. Uh, right now, granddaughters are working, helping out, nieces, uh, everything is family. You, what was the moment you saying at first that things were kind of hard when you first opened the doors and people were telling you different things about not being here that long? But what was that moment for you where it just kind of clicked and you knew that you had something in this business right here? I knew I had something when I walked in the door. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to click. I just had to get it where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem with black businesses and stuff, most people don't want to patronize you or help get you further along in business or whatever. Everybody seemed to think that it's all about them. Mm-hmm. That's not my feel. My feel is what God has for me is for me, That's and right. nobody can mess with what God has for me. So I don't worry about the next person. It is what it is. It's enough business out here and enough people out here to patronize any business and get you where you need to be. As long as you do what you do, you put out quality work, quality food, and you stand behind what you do. And I do all that. And it kind of read my mind. That was actually one of my questions. Um, How important is it to support a black business? I mean, of course, all businesses, um, we need to support them, but especially our own business. Because most black people, most, is so much about themselves that they're not trying to help the next person. Mm -hmm. People don't realize the more you give, the more you receive. If you do it with a willing and giving heart, not because you made to do it or whatever. Do it because you want to do it and from the heart. And your blessings will come back three folks. Yes, ma'am. So, so you don't feel like necessarily that we support our own enough? Because I, I love to see us support each other, but it seems like at times we may not do it because they're doing something that we want to do, but we don't really support them like we should. Like like for me, for instance, I'll support my friends. I'll, I'll share this stuff on my Facebook page just so people know that they're doing something great as well and support their business. Do you, you do, do you feel like we support each other enough? No, really we don't because the, every time somebody see you walking out on faith or stepping mm-hmm. out to give you something that you want to do, they you got so many haters out there and people that's against something. A lot of people won't even say they're going to do this or they're going to do that because they know they got haters and people that want to go against them instead of stand for them. Mm-hmm. My thing is, as long as you stand for somebody and you're willing to do it, like I say, from the heart, you don't have nothing to worry about because God got you. Mm-hmm. As long as you believe and trust in him. And I believe and trust in God. Wholeheartedly. Yes, ma'am. What's, what's one characteristic that you believe a business owner of any field or whatever business they run, what's one characteristic that they must have to run a successful business? They got to have push, wine, shove. They got to mm-hmm. want it. Not just because somebody want it. You got to want it. And you got to want it from your heart. Mm-hmm. Push. Push. Whatever you have, you can get anything you want as long as you give your all best all the time. And you put God first. That's and right. I put God first. That's right. and that's kind of what made me with doing what I'm doing now. Like I said, I t- said over and over in my interviews about how me just working these two jobs and not fully having a passion for the jobs that I'm just going to, just going to just pick up a paycheck. And then I just finally say, you know, I, I need to do something that I really enjoy doing. So for me, 
they just pushed me to walk into this restaurant and talk to you and ask you, would you be willing to do an interview? And thankfully you said yes. And going to other places and just talking to those people just to see if they can do an interview for me as well. And just hoping that it inspires other people to, you know, just step out on faith, take a chance and do what you truly love. Because at times, just if you're just going to a job and just picking up a paycheck, it's not like you're fully living. Eventually, you're going to get tired of that and mm-hmm. you just, you're going to get tired of even more. I love what I do. I don't, I don't, if I'm here at four or five o'clock in the morning and a lot of times I am working, it's fine. My husband said, you need to go home, but my passion is here. So I got to do what I got to do to make this the best it can be because mm-hmm. it's got my name on top. So it got to be the best that it can be all the time. Absolutely. And the one thing I like, if somebody got a problem, don't put it out there in the street. Come to me, talk to me. I'm the one that's in here. I'm the one that's putting it out there. So tell me your problems so I can straighten it out for you. Absolutely. What's the hardest part about being a, an entrepreneur? Being someone? The hardest part is if that you don't have a cash flow or money on hand stacked up to start something. That's a struggle. But my grandmama always told us, if you can't struggle for something, it ain't worth having in the first place. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to struggle harder than other people do to get what you got to have. What's um from from when you began to now? What's what would you say has been the biggest trend? What's the biggest transition you've seen in the restaurant industry? Finding people that like to do what you do, or not coming here just because it's a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you find somebody that really like what they're doing, they do better. They gonna make it seem like it's their situation, and they'll push harder for it. If it's somebody that's coming here just to get a paycheck with food, they don't care how they fix their plate. They don't care how they serve you. And I'm all about presentation. It has to look good all the time. I know when I talked to Mr. Ford, who owns uh, Ricky's Drive-In on Union Street, well, another thing that he was telling me off camera is sometimes you kind of have to pay attention to like like tax laws and breaks and different things like that because they could affect your business. Are you or Do you pay attention to those things or do you just, you know, just... Focus on your business and just I, run it how you run it. I focus on my business and I say, God, you got control. So mm-hmm. whichever way you take me, that's what it'll be. And you make sure that you cover me and take care of me with everything I do. That's my prayer every day. Yes, ma'am. Do you do you look to in the future expand this lo- this restaurant or or relocate or Yes. And I wasn't putting it out there yet, but um I had an interview about two, three weeks ago, and once they put the interview out there, they put it on Facebook, so they blasted me out. Okay. We are in the process of um, a new lake, new location on 295, where the um, big lots and food line and stuff was. Mm-hmm. The food line building down there, we're going in that building with some other people. The restaurant is still my restaurant, but it's going to be some other opportunities to help not just me, but other blacks, whites, single mothers, um, guys, anybody that just got out of prison that need a new start, mm-hmm. anyone that wants to start a new business that don't know how to start a new business, this is going to be an opportunity center to help other people. It's going to be a venue where you can have events and stuff. You have a restaurant. We're going to do stuff for teenagers and stuff so you can get them off the street and keep them Absolutely. out of trouble. So we got a big situation coming out. It's just going to take a little minute. Okay. That's, that's, that sounds really good. Um, for you, what's the best business decision that you think you've made so far? Would you say that or is there anything else you say been the best business decision? To me, this is my best business decision because when God said move, I move. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize 
They think because you have to struggle sometimes, your struggles is getting you to the next level. We got a lot of stuff going on right now, and our struggles is getting us to the next level. You got to crawl before you walk. And to me, I'm still crawling. But when God say move, I move. And that's what I do. Yes, ma'am. Um, I know you were saying that this business here, you have your family working with you. Um, not saying anytime soon, but in the future, do you look to pass this down to them, or would you advise them to do what they want to do? Well, some of them really love the cooking. Mm-hmm. Even the grandkids can cook. I mean, everybody has their own style, their own technique. And when you bring all that together, you got a good situation. We come from a, a family of nothing but cooks. Mm-hmm. So everybody say, well, you're not considered a chef or whatever. Maybe not in your eyesight, but I was taught the best way that you could be taught. Old school. Because you didn't have to measure everything. You pinched through and you knew exactly what to do, when to do it. Nowadays, culinary arts is good. I'm not knocking that for nobody. But it don't teach you everything you need to know. Right. I've had some chefs that come in here and they've gone through all that and tell me, don't ever say you're not a chef because you're just as good as I am. Wow. And that means a whole lot. That's interesting. They just made me wonder, do you, do you think you would ever be in a situation to where you would possibly want to mentor or teach other cooks, like have a, something where, you, where you're in that kind of business as well? That's one of the things that's going to come up in this building that I'm okay. doing now. So we will have cooking classes. We have all kinds of classes. It might not be cooking that you're interested in. It might be electronics. It might, But we'll have different ones to come in and teach classes to get you where you need to be. We're going to even help battered women. Okay. So we've that's got awesome. a lot of stuff that's going on. What do you try to instill in your family members as they run this business? What, what kind of skills or anything that you try to instill in them? You got to have a good attitude. You got to be positive. You got to know how to talk to people. And even sometimes they make you mad, but you still got to learn how to smile and take it and walk on off. Because in the long run, they're hurting themselves. They're not hurting you. Do you, of course, you know, some people, people will come in and they'll criticize you and, and like you said, show hate or whatever whatever it is that it, that that's in them but how, how do you handle facing criticism sometimes it's tough i'm not gonna say it's not that's just like i had um a chef come here and talk to me the other day and he was telling me uh he done passed by here for years and never stopped and the reason he hadn't stopped because his sister told him the food wasn't good mm-hmm. but he came anyway but yet it's still the last three or four days, his sister came in too and ordered food. So mm-hmm. now if it's not good, why you back? Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, something's bringing you back. Yes, everything, everything might not be perfect, and I'm not a perfect person. Nobody's perfect, but I try to do the best and I perfect it as good as I can. Absolutely. I I remember talking to um I'll go ahead and say her name Miss Miss C J Kathy Jones who owns the restaurant um C J's restaurant over in Boiler Springs, and I asked her um different just picking her brain or whatever she said you know she's had opportunities to relocate and expand her business but she said she's kind of content and happy with her her business and where it's at or would you do you think you'll ever get to a point where you'll just be content with with the restaurant i'm I'm not i'm not saying that i'm not content because really i don't want to leave this spot because this is where i started Mm -hmm. plus i came in an area where there's nothing that was there for us I get a lot of out-of-town traffic. I get more out-of-town traffic here uh, through the week than I do traffic that lives here. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you asked me one other question about supporting each other. 
I got more white traffic now than I did black traffic. And that's a good thing because if you depend on us to keep us in business, it's, really it's never happened. Does, does that bother you in a way, in a sense, where you said that you have more out of town traffic people come in than people actually in this area? No, because I like meeting new people. Mm -hmm. And you get, I mean, like one week we had six different families from six different places. And everybody enjoyed what they did. They come in, they didn't act like they was somebody new. They sat down and act like they was family. Mm -hmm. And if you can make somebody feel like they're family and they're away from home, you done did all you can do. The other thing is, yes, this is a, a restaurant, but it's a ministry for me. Mm -hmm. Because if one person come in this building that's on their last leg, and you can do one thing to help them out, if it's just a free meal, or they need somebody to talk to, whatever, you've done what God has you to do. Mm -hmm. So I have a restaurant, and I have a ministry to help others. And I think that's, that's big as well, because a lot of times, you never know what somebody's going through. Like just like my my previous interview, one of the girls I actually went to school with her, and she was talking about how she thought about killing herself because she went through so much growing up about how she was molested, and you would never know any of that stuff just by talking to her because she was such a nice girl, and she never walked around with a negative attitude. But um, people will always remember how you made them feel, so I, I think that's really important to like like you were saying that you um just treating people well and, and just having that, making them feel good about themselves. Um, something else I wanted to ask you about was also was just being in this business. Have you ever thought about or have you done any kind of um, showcasing, like doing any kind of competitions, cooking competitions? I've never done any uh, competition. I don't feel like I have to compete. Mm -hmm. What I got is what God gave me, and I'm okay with that. Maybe one day down the line, I will. I didn't want to be in a cookbook. They put me in a cookbook. Mm -hmm. And it was a good thing because. When I got in this particular cookbook, I was a low man on the totem pole. Everything else was the big wigs around town. And to get to be one of the big wigs, that was a, that was a blessing in disguise. That brought a whole lot of new stuff to me. So that was fun. And that's, it kind of made me think about um, something else. Ben also was talking about how he never even imagined some of the things that's been going on for him. Ben Hall, who owns Big Ben's Dessert. Yeah. And he was saying that also how he just quit his job, stepped out on faith. And he just started baking. And now all of a sudden, he ended up on the front of a magazine. And he said, this doesn't happen if I don't quit my job. He said, this is what faith looks like. And now it's just opened up more doors. And he's doing speaking engagements and different things like that. So it's just amazing to see how that just opened up different doors for him. Um, looking back, though, from where you started to now, is there anything that you think you would have possibly done differently? No, because it's been a learning experience. You got to learn that sometimes you can't be up here. You got to start down here. If you start down here and go up, you got a better chance of making it. You're starting up here and falling down. Mm -hmm. I don't want to fall down. I want to totally go up. Mm -hmm. But in God's time, not my time. Yes, ma'am. For people listening, um, looking to start a business, what would, you, what would you say is the blueprint to your start? Make sure it's what you want to do. Don't go into something that is not really from your heart. Take time, have patience, because it's not going to be easy. You got to do a little bit at a time, one step at a time. And as long as you do it that way, you'll have what you got to have. And the biggest thing is, don't quit. Because if something happens, you can always fall down. God will let you get back up. You can always get back up. For you, um, how important is it to have, um, like this is your family business right here. How important is it to have like a great team around you? If you don't have a good team working with you, then you ain't got a good business. 
because one person in that team can make it so awful that nobody ever wants to come back. You always want your people to want to come back. You got to give them a reason to want to come back, and I try to do that. Um, this will be my last question. Is there anything ultimately that you wish to achieve? No, I think you can always be better at anything. As long as I can do better at what I'm doing now, learn more, add more. It's not all about what Charlene put out there. I have other people that can bring me stuff, and I'm willing to try mm-hmm. and make it my own. Just like with our um, fried ribs. Our fried ribs, I call Nep's ribs. My nephew gave me this recipe. He said, Auntie, you need to do this. Okay, I did what he had me to do, but then I changed the breading that I used and made it my own. So any two time I can take something and perfect it and make it my own, and it's mine, not somebody else's. That's awesome. All right, Miss Charlene, I want to thank you. I know you have to get back to running your business. Um, before we got out of here, is there anything that you want to, any kind of way you want to, social media that you want to share with anybody so they can find you or any advice you want to give out? We're at, um, the restaurant is called Charlene's Home Cooking. We're at 1136 East Blackstock Road, North South Carolina, 29376. And our phone number is 864-764-1111. You can find us on Facebook, Yelp, Twitter, all the social media sites and webs. And we do put a menu up. And I thank you for this interview. All right. Thank you, man, for sitting down with me. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Until next time, keep chasing dreams. This is Crossline Podcast. Thank you for tuning in.